Welcome to the Party Pooper Podcast on Father's Day, and I've got Cara from Ireland from the Book of Leaves podcast. I say hi. Hi! You just reminded me. I need to call my dad. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I know. So I'll do that right after this conversation. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, it's actually after 4 p.m. over there, and it's 8 a.m. this morning here on the west coast of Canada. So it's kind of it's kind of weird sometimes talking to people on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's so strange. Like I'm literally looking at the sunshine in the garden. The day is almost over. Like everyone's coming home from work and stuff. So yeah, it's always so strange. My brother actually lives in Vancouver. Oh really? So I have to. Yeah, yeah. He Amazing. lives there with his wife and my little one-year-old nephew, nearly. So. Uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 str- it's just a strange thing to think that there's people, you know, getting up when you're going to sleep. It's, uh-huh. Time is strange, very strange to get my head around. Okay, well, definitely let us know if you ever come visit Vancouver. Definitely, yeah, that'd be so cool. We'll go grab some vegan food somewhere. It'll be good. Mm. So uh, you have an awesome podcast called Book of Leaves, and you've been doing it for over two years. You're now on season three. And you've got tons of great interviews on there. I don't know where you find all these people. And there's so many stories, practical advice about how to be more conscientious in the way that you live and reducing your footprint. Um, where where can people find out about your podcast and check it out? Yeah, sure. If people are interested in anything kind of eco-friendly or activism or veganism or zero waste whatever um the podcast is called book of leaves as you mentioned and thank you so much for your support of it as well you've been so good phil really really good um but yeah you can find me on instagram book of these podcast and i have a website as well book of these podcast.com and i'm on twitter and facebook too i really terribly neglect twitter it's a platform i've just never got my head around um but if people want to follow my personal account i'm on instagram as well cara carney which is spelled C-E-A-R-A because Irish names make no sense. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can get in touch or check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Right, yeah, that's the catch-all line, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been really cool because um, when I first heard about your podcast, I went back and I always go back and find, like, the oldest episode I can find. Um, and your intro to the podcast is still up. Like, the some not all podcasts keep, like, all the episodes all the way back. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool seeing how it evolved and also like, you know, you get kind of invested in like Cara's journey through like working at the grocery store and getting (laughs) your, doing your environmental studies course. Um, And it's like, it's kind of like a cool thing because it feels like you're taking us along this journey with like with you, you know, so um, I think it's cool. I think people should check it out. It's um it's 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 really good. I think uh, it's it's weird how podcasts happen because it's they start so slow, and it's so hard to get like the word out, and yeah. um, and then something happens like years down the line where suddenly more people hear about it, and then all that work that you did is still worth something because it's all documented and people like all all the stuff that you talked about is still as valid today as it was two years ago you know yeah 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 um yeah that's so funny you get like little snippets in my in, like intros and outros as to what's going on everyone uh-huh. always says 
Your brain show short. Get straight to the point. But I'm like, I can't not have a chat, lads. Like, I need to let you know what's going on. But that's really interesting. I'm um, fascinated because part of me actually kind of wants to go back and listen myself to be like, do I need to make any edits anywhere? Oh, like, my I, God. I, I Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. But I like, I cringe when I think about, oh, my God, I used to talk about like what's next and go back and listen to all these other episodes. And I used to have really long rambling outros and intros, but I'm like, oh, whatever. It's up there. It's done now. Let's just leave it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, actually, I haven't listened back to any of them. Do you do that with any of yours? Do you ever listen back to an episode? Never. Never, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, to be honest, I'm, I'm always so behind on all the podcasts I'm subscribed to. Um, so it's just a struggle to even keep up with listening to other people's yeah. podcasts. I don't have time to listen to my own, but I did yeah. at the beginning, you know, because I just wanted to make sure that the audio was, was correct and it didn't sound crazy or like there wasn't like a weird microphone issue or whatever. But, um, mm-hmm. but I, I find inevitably same as you. Like if I think back, like if I go back and listen to it, I start thinking like, Oh my God, I was rambling or going on or whatever or no one's going to want to listen to me talk about this or whatever so I just try to just not think about it too much and keep moving forward so yeah yeah that's it moving forward yeah exactly so um I wanted to talk about what it's like being vegan in Ireland I remember this episode where you interviewed this um like this local cafe that made food I forget what it was called it was something about a carrot or something yeah the carrot's tail yeah, yeah. um and I, th- I think that was actually the first episode i ever listened to um because like the title caught my eye and i thought it was so cool that because it it felt like it could have been a story from here like there's all these little it's kind of like in the age now where all these little vegan rest like vegan restaurants are popping up and it's not just like where there's a vegan option at a restaurant now there's actual full-on restaurants that are opening that are all vegan which is super cool um and it's it's really cool to hear like those little stories of like these small business owners or whatever trying to make it in the current world we're in and um and i wanted to know i remember when i talked to uh, tom in australia and he mentioned to me oh like you're in north america that's amazing it must be so easy to be vegan there you have all these options that we don't. And then I'd never really thought of that before because I was just in my own little bubble. And I was like, yeah, like everybody's got the stuff that I've got. Or in my mind, I always thought that in Europe, it would be even better because Europe always seems far more progressive than North America. But I wanted to know like how you think it is, how easy it is, you think it is to be vegan in Ireland and and how accessible it is to you know, on the day-to-day basis, be able to find vegan options and go about a vegan life? Yeah, well, I mean, in Ireland, I've I've been vegan since July 2016. I celebrate my anniversary every year. Nice. So I buy eating loads of vegan food. But um, yeah, it's gotten, I mean, first of all, the change that's happened recently, like, is phenomenal. The the food section in supermarkets has gone from, you know, one fri- one freezer fridge and one little section of, like, the dry grocery aisle to, like, a whole half an aisle and a whole freezer section just full of, like, vegan and vegetarian food. Like, the, the that, that economy is booming and constantly growing but when it comes to 
um, restaurants and cafes. I mean, when I first went vegan, there was two um, two ve- vegetarian restaurants in Dublin that had been around since like the 80s and 90s. So they had been around a long time, Cornucopia and Govinda's. Um, and they were, that, so that's pretty ahead of their time. Are they still there now? They're still there now. Yeah, they're they're still. I think one. I think one of them had two branches, and one of them closed possibly during um COVID. Um, but the other one is still thriving. Um, so yeah, they've been around a long time, and they're very they're very different from each other. So hopefully they'll be around long into the future. But literally, when I went vegan, there was one vegan restaurant just after opening and now I couldn't even tell you the amount of vegan cafe or restaurants like if you're in Dublin which is the capital of Ireland it is so easy to eat out and nearly all of the the restaurants and pubs have vegan options like it's just it's 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 become like very normal um unfortunately though the carrot's tail sebastian like the rent there they couldn't with covid like we've had lockdown we've only got a, a lockdown um, and do- outdoor dining is only opened again for the first time since December. Mm-hmm. Um, like now, because our number is kind of like skyrocketed again. Okay. And Sebastian made the decision just before Christmas to close down the Carrot's Tail because they kind of knew that was coming. Um, and so what they're working on, he's not releasing any secrets, like, but I'm watching their Instagram like a hawk because, oh my God, they're mac and cheese out of this world. But they were like, they're going to work on something in um, in the future, they said. They don't okay. know what, what like, I don't know what it's going to be, but um, I don't know if it's going to be like another smaller cafe somewhere, but they might retail maybe their own products. But yeah, unfortunately, they're not where they are anymore because, I mean, Dublin rents, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. It's a huge issue around that. But and there are so many vegan restaurants and I actually just happened upon one on my cycle home there the other day that I, I saw like whole food and I was like, mm, and I just looked at the menu and it was all vegan. And I went and got lunch and I, they had only opened in September. So they've been closed longer than they've been open since yeah, they opened. What, what a time to open a restaurant. <laughs> I know, I know. They only had a couple of weeks of like proper service. So now, so I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it's just another vegan place. Like there's literally, I don't know, like probably 15 places in Dublin. And that's like Dublin is a small city. You could see everything you want to see in Dublin city in like two or three days. Like it's not as huge as Vancouver. Um, Seattle is the only other North American city I've been to. But um, it's so much easier now when you go more rural into the countryside, it's Mm -hmm. harder to find those vegan um, restaurants. Most places will have veggie options unless you're going to super like super coastal places where they're they're very, you know, fishery related along the West Coast and just some really rural parts. You might be kind of like, you know. Uh, what are you at because it's a very <laughs> our income is very high from farming so like all across ireland there's just dairy and beef farmers and then on the coast like a lot of a lot of fisher people um so farming is like it, we're kind of different from like the uk in that there's this taboo where you know environmentalists 
don't want to talk about beef or dairy as a problem because we'll start this like war yeah. with Irish farmers and stuff. So it's 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 like a cultural, really cultural thing, even though farmers are struggling. Um, they're not being paid enough and uh, there's all these systems systems in place that um, mean that it's the big guy getting all the money. So yeah. really we are all on the same side, but yeah, there is a bit of a, a kind of, you know, people get very defensive um, if they're, if you're in like a farming place and if they find out that you're vegan. But I mean, to eat as a vegan, it's so easy here and the supermarkets are amazing and you can get like whatever you can get your burgers, your sausages, and they're so nice now. Um, and I've done some traveling in Europe, and Europe is pretty. Depends where you are. I was in Spain a few years ago, and I asked for um, a salad because they didn't, they couldn't understand like um, sin carne, sin carne, no meat. And so they brought me out a potato salad that had pre-made bacon in it. Oh so I no! Like, I don't think they understand. And then. I was going to say that's the vegan's best friend is potato. There's always French fries or or potatoes (laughs) somewhere. That's the thing. Yeah. I was like, just, can I just have like a side salad and chips then? And then the salad, they were like, Ooh, so they literally then brought me out some like tomatoes and and leaves. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll just make myself a nice lunch when I get home. But see that I was traveling with my family at that point. So they, you know, they wouldn't, I wouldn't, drag the five of them because there was a, mm-hmm. a our first like big holiday together i wouldn't drag all of them somewhere um out of their way like we had like my nephew and all was with us whereas if it was just me traveling or me and like a partner or something i'd be on happy cow i'd be like i was just going gonna say yeah way. happy cow oh, my best friend oh, i love happy cow whoever is behind that thank you so much i love you but they <laughs> would literally be just following happy cow places all all over whatever country I'm traveling to to find and support those vegan and veggie businesses and like uh, Germany is a country I've spent a lot of time in and there's loads there um yeah I've heard Germany is pretty yeah. good for anybody that um isn't familiar because I know there definitely are people listening happy cow is an app and it basically just has a directory of vegan restaurants on it. And also it, it'll categorize them if they're just vegetarian or if they have veggie options. But it's like the like go-to app for finding vegan food, no matter where you are in the world. So um, yeah, like anywhere, any country. I was initially, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's probably, you know, mostly all the, whatever, Europe and America, but anywhere. Like if I, I might be going to Vietnam and I was like, <gasps> looking up Vietnam, Vietnamese places because everyone was telling me you won't find anywhere there. And I was like, look, see, ha, there's loads yeah, of new options. So exactly. It's so, so useful if you're traveling. Like, Because people will tell you if you're traveling while vegan, it's so much harder. And I'm like, no, you just need to like, like look out, think outside the box a little bit and don't be afraid to ask the chef for, you know, can you make some rice and vegetables for me, please? You know, mm-hmm. um, I yeah, I don't, I don't miss out on the cultural side of food because i think you can get vegan versions of of like traditional dishes and also i'd rather support non kind of cruel aspects of culture yeah yeah absolutely um you actually reminded me of something and that is way way back i remember seeing this article about guinness going vegan and when i saw that article my first thought was wait a minute what 
what's in beer that isn't vegan? And then I found out about this whole Isinglass thing and I had no idea that mm. like fish bladders were used for like filtering beer and it was so gross and weird. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy I saw this article because it was so, I had no idea that there was even like weird fish bladder things happening uh, yeah. with well, beer. I don't know who makes, like how did they discover this? You know, right? like what were they doing <laughs> That made them think, you know what, lads, this needs some fish guts. Or was it an accident? Did fish guts just end up in the barrel of Guinness? And they were like, oh, look, it's filtered well. Like, I don't understand yeah. how, like, there's so many strange animal, like, products used. Like, um, there's some beaver gland extract. Oh, I've heard about that. In, like, perfume and, like, makeup and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what are you guys doing that you think to add these two together in the first place like that's where it what blows my mind um but yeah there's thankfully now i'm actually um ashamedly as an irish person ginger freckly the whole shebang i don't like guinness oh yeah <laughs> yeah no i've uh i've just now it's an acquired taste and people say you know you'll hit your late 20s and one day you'll have it and you're like nice but yet to get there i'm 28 yeah but um kind of it looks great and I love the whole, you know, the novelty moustache that you get while drinking it. And the Guinness Museum in Dublin is brilliant if anyone ever comes to Dublin. It's very good. And I've done that and just given all my free Guinness to whoever I'm with. But um, yeah, no, that was fab. And they made all their their draft and their canned Guinness vegan. Like it's it's just showing you the way that the world is moving and that you don't need to put fish guts in your drinks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this would be blasphemy in Ireland, but I my first exposure to Guinness was the drink black velvet, which is where you take a pint glass and you put you fill half of it with cider and then you layer a Guinness <gasps> on top. Oh no. So then basically in the middle like in the middle of your drink it's basically cider and Guinness mixed together. Um but I'm pretty sure that would be blasphemy. I you have know. never heard or seen that in all of the Ireland. Oh my Ireland. god. Who who sold you this product? Well, the the quintessential like cuz I I grew up in Montreal and Montreal is like a party city, but it also has like a lot of Irish pubs. And okay. we'll quote unquote Irish pubs. But um, I, I used to be a complete regular at this place called the Irish Embassy. And uh, it was this awesome pub. And that's where I got my exposure to Black Velvet. <laughs> it's a really good drink. But I mean, I would understand that uh, a proper Irish person would, might be upset with me about Interesting. that. Interesting. Um, as a name for good. a pub as well, I feel sorry for anyone who loses their passport and ends up in the wrong place. <laughs> They'd be oh, happy. They'd be now. happy to get there. I mean, they could have a pint and yeah. carry on, you know. I'll just drown my sorrows here. I'll never get home. But what no, if... I've actually I've never heard of that now mixing um cider with Guinness. But there is a podcast I listened to by this famous Irish artist called Blind Boy. It's his stage name and he wears a bag in his head and no one knows who he is, but he's actually really good. And he talked about in one of his episodes, couldn't tell you which one, about the fact that Guinness um marketed Irish bars and like that whole setup like when you're traveling and you see these Irish bars that like it's a mar it's a complete marketing tactic interesting to get people into it that like they're like if you come like because bars in Ireland like they do when you're in the countryside they do have this real rural you know real wooden kind of feel but 
I've been in some Irish bars where I'm like, this is, this is an Irish. They just have like Guinness posters everywhere. Um, Do you call but, them bars or pubs? Oh, either or. Yeah. Because I was going to say like, it's like a, an ingrained thing that like, oh, it's an Irish pub over here. But maybe that's just part of the marketing. And they do have good marketing. Like Alicia like, really likes mm-hmm. the uh, classic uh, Guinness, uh, Guinness glasses and stuff because all the artwork is really cool and yes yeah 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 and we actually yeah, met on um we actually met on saint patrick's day uh oh my gosh, Alicia and oh I. Guys. yeah oh you have to come to ireland for a paddy's day yeah that, you just have to it's just ah, over that's so cute. just over eight years ago i was out for because saint patrick's day is like a huge party time in montreal and mm-hmm. i would often be in the parade for the saint patrick's day parade and um yeah, we. I was out at the. I was at an Irish embassy with my friends, and she was like the friend of my buddy's cousin, and so she showed up and ended up sitting at my table, and you know, a couple pints later, and the rest is history. <gasps> oh my god, that's so adorable, you so, guys! <laughs> so yeah, we celebrate like our anniversary of meeting on on St. Patrick's Day, and then that's our so um, our actual anniversary from like when we started going steady is uh this week on june 24th Woohoo! congratulations yeah. we definitely so want to come to ireland one day it would be amazing and um yeah my, um, i'll give you a vegan tour of the place for sure excellent and i'm my sister was really into um the irish leap year marriage proposal thing is that a thing over there or is that just like a north american stereotype uh from a movie or something well well to be honest, I actually didn't think, I didn't know that was an Irish thing. I, I know, I don't know for anyone listening, where if they don't know that. But yeah, I, I just would have presumed everywhere when it's a leap year, the woman is said to propose. But very few people, I, I don't think, I think I only know like one person maybe who proposed, who was the girl. But I don't even know if it was a leap year. So it is a thing, but I I didn't know that wasn't said in North America. Do, do people say that about Ireland? I didn't yeah, know it's that. like a, it's like a like a, a myth or whatever. Like in uh, in in Ireland on a leap year, a woman can ask a man to marry them. I mean, nowadays it's 2021. Like I'm I'm exactly. thinking about like, from like when I was a can kid. Ask anyone, <laughs> anyone can ask anyone to marry them at any time. Now it's all, it's all good. But like that's like an old uh, idea that was kind of ingrained like if you want to if, if you're a girl and you want to ask a guy to marry you you got to get to ireland and you gotta have it on that's a leap so year funny i really thought that was everywhere so that that just goes to show right so that is just that's here so i just presumed that saying or that idea was like transatlantic or you know was <laughs> worldwide but absolutely not okay fair enough there you go i'm after learning something yeah it's not that it's not that huge um um i don't think so no, not really. Uh, but there is, there's a lot I did hear actually. Do you guys, you obviously know about leprechauns. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I know, I know that the thing is my view of leprechauns is there's, there's been so like some scary movies, like that movie leprechaun or whatever, where there's like a crazy little demon leprechaun that's like killing people. <laughs> and so now, so now when I think of leprechauns, I actually think of like the weird, scary, murderous leprechaun guy. And that uh-huh, kind of freaks uh-huh. me out, but um, but yeah, or like Lucky Charms, the cereal. Do you even have that over there? 
We don't. We don't have lucky charms over here. The We only started getting them in like really in the last couple of years in like these kind of shops that have like an American candy section and you will find lucky charms there. But like, I don't even I, know if like I'm I'm almost surprised even to think that lucky charms would still exist because it just seems really offensive now from like the lens <laughs> of 2021 looking at that cereal. Like I haven't even thought about it in years, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, that's pretty offensive. Uh, we don't, I think, yeah, leprechauns. I mean, see, the thing is, leprechauns did originate in Ireland because we have a really, really rich folklore and mythology history. And I mean, people will say, you know, you will hear a lot of people saying leprechauns aren't real and no one will ever see a leprechaun. Fine. But a leprechaun is a type of fairy and you know, in the countryside where we have like old fairy forts and um, fairy rings and fairy trees, like places where it's believed fairies live, people don't talk about it, but you do not mess with that shit. Like if you do, you'll get really bad luck. And we have literally spent millions of euro diverting motorways, diverting highways to go around fairy trees to avoid like cutting them down. We are a very superstitious country. So why are you, you won't hear like, you know, the, our kind of prime minister person that the Taoiseach say that, oh yeah, okay, we believe in fairies. Uh But at the same time, people petitioned a protest to make sure like fairy places are like protected because when you mess with that shit stuff happens that you can't explain people die it is horrific so i can understand the crazy demonic leprechaun and yet (laughs) there's so many like fairy characters that originate in ireland but crazy story my sister used to work in a tourist office in dublin and one day um an american man and his his daughter came in and he's like right we just here we just arrived where can we find leprechauns and nikki was like ha 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 and he was like no where could we find leprechauns and my sister was like oh dear um gotta get that pot of gold not real yeah he was convinced he thought like you could come over and just find like i don't know little men somewhere i have no idea (laughs) he had saved up so much money to come to ireland with his daughter to find leprechauns and my sister had to break it to him that like you can go to this leprechaun museum Mm -hmm. but like there's no are there um Like when we're talking about real leprechauns, like are there girl leprechauns? I don't know. It's just such a... Maybe. Like you don't really hear of, say, one particular... In any fairy tale books, they're always men. They're just always like little little men uh, leprechauns. I don't remember reading any stories about female ones. But like fairies are just in general pretty... Aside from the leprechaun... They're pretty gender neutral, except for the Banshee. I don't know if you've heard of the Banshee. I mean, probably not in a, an accurate way. You know what I mean? Like, I know what a Banshee mm-hmm. is from, like, Dungeons and Dragons interpretation oh. of what a Banshee would be. But I don't I don't know if I would. Uh, you should probably explain what the actual correct Banshee is. So the Banshee... Um, can also be known as the Darig Do, and it's basically this fairy who was misinterpreted, right? She's a bit misinterpreted. Um, her heart was broken, and um, 
all that sort of stuff. She was mistreated. But what she does now is she wails. If you hear her wail, it means someone in your in your like l- circle is going to die. If you find a golden comb when you're walking and you take it, you're you're like asking for trouble. And if you see her, you're going to die. So it's Ooh. a very dark, but especially since side, my my circle is quite small, so that doesn't leave <laughs> room for many options. Exactly. Don't leave the combs alone if you oh, see them. Geez. But like what my mom said was, she's misinterpreted um, and said and told me that like the banshee was there to welcome people as they were dying across to the other side, and oh. everyone just became so afraid of her that. Because, like, because she was associated with death, that they made it this big kind of bad, you know. That's interesting. People say that it's actually just foxes probably having sex because they sound like really scary. If you ever hear, yeah. I remember when that song came out. What does what does the fox say? And then everyone in the world stopped for a second and said, "Yeah, what sound does a fox make?" And then everybody Googled it and started hearing these weird fox sounds on YouTube. I'm sure that's what yeah. happened collectively. You probably saw there was probably a crazy spike in YouTube searches for fox sounds. Po- possibly, I wasn't keeping track. Such of a it weird, though, but such yeah, a weird just, thing. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced once actually woke me up outside my bedroom window here, like I'm on the ground floor, and just a couple of maybe less than a few months ago, um, some weird scream like woke me up and I was half asleep. I didn't know what was happening, and I was just like, right, that just it has to be a fox, like because I do see foxes out sometimes at the night time. Kind of creepy, or maybe it's a banshee, but everyone's pretty good so far. So touch wood. That that reminds me of um like when I first got exposed to like goat sounds because I I find like. <laughs> Goat, goats make the coolest crazy little howls and screams and it's it, it yeah. can be quite unnerving when you don't know it's a goat or even if you're looking directly at a goat and it's making the sound sometimes they're so yeah. human sounding it's crazy yeah i think we're so like separated from like non-human animals that when they start you know like I don't know, personifying themselves or appearing mm-hmm. closer to us. We're like, oh, what the hell? And it's like, hey, goats can scream and that's that should be normalized. Normalize goat screaming, please. Yeah, there's such <laughs> a disconnect. <laughs> I remember I saw yeah. this thing on, uh, I saw a video one time where they were talking to kids and they were asking them what animal a thing was. But they were asking them like when, like when you're in a grocery store and you see like all of this, packaged meat and body parts and everything and Mm. it really woke up my brain because it was so weird to see these kids and they would see that product and have literally no association with the animal itself you know like there was no connection because there's no interaction the way that it used to be where you you know everybody had a couple chickens or whatever and you'd go grab one for your mom or whatever and she would uh kill it and prepare it and whatever and we don't have that association anymore and everyone's so disconnected mm-hmm. from where their food's coming from and um how it's getting to the plate you know so i think you know as much as it hurts me to like or hurt me to watch like i actually haven't seen most of the like animal videos like um land of hope and glory or dominion i can't i can't really get through them even earthlings i wasn't able to watch the whole thing but 
I remember when I first watched those um, on my path to becoming vegan, and it was just such a weird thing, like to have been so disconnected from my food pretty much my whole life, growing up, you know, getting food from a grocery store, um, and then seeing that and making that connection, it was just, it like rewired my brain. Such a weird thing to think back on, like the way that, like we're just, I don't know, it's just, I'm, I'm having a hard time saying it, but like it's a, uh, describing it, but it's just a weird thing when you look back yeah, and well, you realize how disconnected things were. Yeah, and it's like this cognitive dissonance that's like ingrained in you, like your parents, like like my parents never lied to me when I asked them a question and I was very empathetic towards animals um i just i've always loved animals i grew up kind of in the countryside in a, in a village so i would see cows in the field and you know when i kind of put two and two together where animals that the animals on my plate were what i was eating the the thing to be honest i probably wouldn't be veggie or vegan um now if it wasn't when i asked my my parents where does this come from and they were like yeah that the animal had to die for for you to eat this and i was like well, I'm not eating it then. <laughs> what? Um, and they, so at age of 10, I think, I was like, okay, I really, I'm going to stop eating meat. Um, and I, I stopped eating like everything except McDonald's burgers and cocktail sausages because I just loved cocktail sausages and I wanted Happy Meals. And my parents were just like going with the flow. They thought it was going to be a phase. They kept like, if they were making like, you know, spaghetti bolognese, they would just like keep a bit of sauce aside for me before putting the meat in or whatever. So they, they facilitated me and they allowed me to just make my own choices. And uh, many, many years later, I was still veggie. And then and then went vegan but like an example that i witnessed before my eyes of someone literally lying to their child i was at my ex's house and um sunday roast she was stuffing her turkey her arm was up the the turkey's butt another strange thing we we think is totally normal yeah just stuff in there and her grandson, who was maybe seven, comes over and I'm like the first vegan they've come into contact with and they would, but they're very good. They always buy like, they bring in their vegan milks and yogurts for me. And uh, the kid goes up to her and says, Nana, did that turkey have to die? And I was like, wow, fair play. Go on, go on. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like cheering him on. And his nana turned around to him and went, oh, no, sweetie, we would never hurt a turkey. This is a plastic turkey that what? was made in a factory. And he was like, okay. Plastic? Went, yeah. You she can't eat it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, first of all, there is nothing sound about this argument. Yeah. I mean, what? So not even a tofu turkey like, hello. But that being no, said... There's a scary amount oh. of plastic being ingested by people, like microplastics as a whole. Like we, we're exactly. obviously not going to get into that because it's a whole rabbit hole, like crazy That's journey. Yeah, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but 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 yeah, yeah no. The the dissonance, I think, really parents and adults or anyone with children in their lives. I mean, if you because then as an adult, it's just so normalized and you've been told that this is proper. This is what what's happening, and like we have this famous ad in Ireland that was made by a dairy company with a song called Them Bones, Them Bones Need Calcium. Oh, God. Them Bones, Bones Need Calcium. And it was for, oh, sorry, it was for cheese. Um, 
And so people are like eating cheese to get their calcium. And it's like, well, studies now show that if, you know, the high, the countries with the highest level of dairy intake from cows have the highest level of osteoporosis. Yeah. And their bone health is terrible. You know, it's not, we have been fooled by the, these huge corporations into thinking that it's not bad for the planet and it's good for you. Where I'm reading this book at the moment called Plant Proof by Simon Hill, um, who is a, he has a podcast called Plant Proof that, oh my God, that is amazing. Sorry, the book is called The Proof is in the Plants. Oh, okay. It's a podcast called Plant Proof. I definitely check that out. Like, and if anyone is, you know, wants to kind of like brush up on their nutrition, um, now he's not, like his guests aren't always vegan, but they're just experts in various fields. But it's like, there is so much um, funded studies out there with like these biases behind them because they're funded by the meat yeah. and dairy industries because they're trillion dollar industries and it's like guys not only are you killing animals and taking lives and using so much land and water that we cannot afford it's actually damaging for your health so the oh i I'd, get so impatient i would like to also recommend uh nutritionfacts.org and dr gregor um if anybody yes. just wants um like probably like a 10 minute video on why milk would be bad for your bones by looking mm. at the actual science just put that into youtube like nutritionfacts.org and milk or something milk and bones or whatever and i'm sure you'll find a video and he's going to go through all the actual scientific literature and explain it in a way that everyone can understand and i find that's a really great resource for um nutrition facts i guess yes yeah it does what it says in the tin yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, and I remember, I remember reading about that too, because it's it's when you look at the science and about I don't remember exactly how it works, but because of like the acidity of milk and like even just because it says X amount of calcium on the label doesn't mean that your body's going to be able to absorb that or that mm -hmm. you're not going to actually end up with less calcium or uh, not being able to um, utilize it in your body. And it's it's so much more nuanced and complicated than just looking at a, a nutrition label it's not yeah. just about oh, it's huge. yeah there's all these different types of calciums um you know and the i've read um in this book by simon hill just the other day that humans are literally the only mammals who have developed this enzyme that breaks down calcium or breaks down lactose from you know animal yeah. dairy after weaning like no other animal has this enzyme and it's why so many people are actually lactose intolerant so once i took dairy out of my diet all of these congestion problems that i just kind of always had and just thought were normal went away and now if i eat like something like i ate like mashed potato one time that i didn't realize had like was loaded with butter and milk and had this horrible pain and <laughs> yeah. i just thought it was like i was bloated or something but like everyone is is seems to be like a little bit lactose intolerant because like mammals are not supposed to drink milk and like i'm like guys ask yourself take out the middleman yeah would suck a cow's teeth would you think that's okay like what like, it's weird it's weird when you think about it it's all. really really weird it's yeah Oh, um, people are weird, man. <laughs> I'd like to think that, you know, if you had uh, a really amazing veggie burger, a vegan burger, and then you had 
uh, and then you had someone there and you said, okay, you can either eat this really good vegan burger or you can stab this, you know, uh, cow in the throat and, and go through all the trouble of whatever of getting it. I, I would like to think that like 99% of people would just say, would just choose the vegan burger and be happy with that. But because we're not confronted yeah. with that directly mm-hmm. in our face, um, mm-hmm. there's that cognitive mm-hmm. dissonance and, and it's, it's hard yeah. when you've been living your whole life with that propaganda machine um, and being told that, you know, milk is good for you and all these things and being told all these other, like that you need all this protein and heme iron and all this whatever. And you've been doing that your whole life. And then all of a sudden you're being exposed to different information. It's almost like it's difficult to even change your thinking because then it means that you've been wrong your whole life. And then you have to confront the fact that you, have been wrong or that you've been doing things that are not good and that you didn't have to do. But then, you know, there's like this weird wall that you have to cross. And I remember going through that myself because it, it literally meant that like everything that I had eaten in my life up to that point was like in incorrect and had like unnecessary consequences associated with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to, like come to terms with that. And it's, it's really difficult when someone else is telling you, um, cause I think we're like resistant. We're so, we get so defensive, uh, yeah, when people, definitely. you know, tell you that you're wrong or whatever, your automatic reaction is to be like, no, I'm not, you're wrong or whatever. Or, you know, so I think it's, it's a very, very personal thing, but, um, but that's why I also support, um, like I've got you on Patreon, but I've also got like Joey Carbstrong. I'm a huge fan of his activism and getting the word out and, I yeah. hope I hope one day I can have the guts to go and do something in my small town. It's just so intimidating. Um, mm. But we do have a small vegan community, and I'm hoping once, you know, COVID lessens up or whatever and we get back to a little bit more normal where we can actually talk to people face-to-face without a mask, I, I'm hoping that maybe I can organize something and go do something because uh, it doesn't seem like we have one vegan food truck in my town. We live in a pretty small place of, well, it's 30,000 people and we got one vegan food truck and, uh, we've got like A&W where they have like a Beyond Burger and, you know, there's a couple, you know, there's a pizza place that has plant-based pizzas and stuff, but, um, but it's pretty, you know, limited to what we can get. And I just feel like in this more, like, like you were saying, like the difference between being in a city and being in a more rural place mm-hmm. um and i just feel like you know there's no better place to do activism than the place you are wherever you are right like it doesn't yeah. i don't need to go to vancouver to do activism i should just do it right here at home you know definitely like and you never people like you you don't um really ever realize the effect of your own little ripple effects that you have like the influence that you have on other people without even knowing just by bringing your keep cup to work and people you know without you having to say hey you should stop using coffee cups just them seeing you do that or like if if you're walking through a forest or a beach and and you just start picking up later as you go and people see that and they're like oh they just just leading by example i think has huge power but yeah opening up dialogue um it is it is hard because i don't i don't ever i don't ever think people are bad people i think we've all you know it's like when you look at so many systems 
that have we've just been born into to think that are that this is normal and it's like oh once you kind of see the other side and it doesn't have to be this way you know some people it is really hard to kind of get out of what you're used to and some people probably won't but there's a lot of pre-vegans out there there's uh-huh. a lot of pre- vegetarians that i just know like if you guys just knew the facts or knew what was really happening you would make kind of more um more well better informed decisions i just want people to make informed decisions because it's the information has been like thwarted um but anyway yeah i could go oh, i could talk about this no i totally hours. understand i was the biggest <laughs> douchebag ever I, if i if i if i can be I'm vegan now. So if I can become a vegan, that means anybody can. Like I was, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I was, I was such an asshole. I used to say things like, um, I remember meeting uh, a vegetarian and I said, you know, stop being so stupid. I'm going to sponsor you and eat twice as much meat until you come to your senses. And, uh, that way the same number of animals are going to be dead. And, uh, you know, whatever, like I, oh I, something like that. I said, so I did, yeah. I absolutely said that. And I was the biggest asshole. And I, so now it's really easy when, you know, my coworkers or random people are like making jokes or dig, making digs at me or whatever about being vegan, because I'm like, mm. you know what, this is nothing compared to how I, how I used to be like, you guys mm-hmm. are taking it easy or whatever. So, and and I think to myself, you know, I used to be you, like I used to think exactly like you, I used to have yeah. that mentality and it just, it makes me feel more hopeful because I'm like, look, if I could, if I could change my thinking, then this guy definitely can, you know, he's exactly. way more open-minded than I, I ever was. So, yeah. Um, and and now, what was it that made you like switch or was it a gradual thing? Uh, actually it's weird because my journey to becoming vegan actually started by me wanting to eat more meat. Um, so I started, yeah. So hear me out. I, I started getting more into fitness and caring more about my health. And I started, uh, I, I was, I I don't want to say I was an athlete, but I was training and competing, um, in professional arm wrestling and (laughs) which is a very niche, very small sport. Anyone, but if if anyone's ever seen Over the Top, the movie with uh, Sylvester Stallone, like that's a, it's, it's a real thing. And, um, a lot of those guys in the movie are actually real professional arm wrestlers, but, um, wow, deadly. uh, anyway, so I started working on my health and then, so I wanted to, uh, control the source of my food and stuff. So then I was like, I was looking into, um, grass-fed beef and all this stuff and I, I started looking into getting meat directly from a farm so then I did a thing where it was like once a month you could order meat and then they would drop it off and bring it to you and stuff and you know I was thinking okay I'm getting closer to the source and then I kept going and researching and um, looking into like the healthy way to eat and that path inevitably took me to the the fact that technically the healthiest way that you can eat is plant-based. So over time I started going down this rabbit hole of, of trying to eat healthier and finding out what the source of getting to the source of my food. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to, I want to get my meat, not from a factory farm, whatever. I want to get it from the good place or whatever, you know? Mm. And it just turns out that that place doesn't really exist. And it's, mm. you know, and so when you, when you dig deeper and deeper and deeper into where your food's coming from, the inevitable conclusion 
is to go vegan. Um, and mm-hmm. I started watching uh, videos and stuff. I never did it at the beginning for, for the animals, but you inevitably have to do it for the animals. Like eventually at some point, once your eyes are opened to all the suffering and the exploitation and just, you know, you can't look into an animal's eyes and see it in pain and not have a feeling inside, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I -hmm. I think, I think anyone would have compassion for that. So, um, anybody that goes on a journey to find out where their food comes from is inevitably going to be led to that, to face that reality. And then once you've seen that, you can't really go back. Like that's it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the blinders have been taken off and it's weird because at first I went pescatarian. So that's vegetarian plus fish. And I didn't really get the whole, you know, fish have feelings and feel pain and all that stuff at that point. I didn't really see fish as a, as an animal animal, uh, like the Mm -hmm. same way that you would look at a mammal. It's hard and it's hard to unprogram your brain. So it takes a while. And then I remember I saw this movie called, end of the line and it was showing i still haven't seen that actually yeah it's like the og seaspiracy (laughs) so end of the line was this documentary that was done about you know the horrible horrible effects of commercial fishing and all the plastics in the ocean and like the horrible practices that are inevitably um that inevitably happen because of fishing and i saw that and i said look i don't care if fish have feelings or not but this is like this crap has to stop. Like we cannot support yeah. commercial fishing anymore. Um, yeah. and years later now I'm like, yeah, definitely fish feel pain and, um, you know, they can recognize faces and things and it's, you they know, can. Yeah. they're, they're way more nuanced and complicated. And even if, even if someone's listening to this right now and they're like, whatever, I don't care about fish feelings or whatever. I don't think there's anybody out there that can look at a whale or a dolphin or even the super smart, octopus and everything and say that those animals um can't they can't connect with those animals on some level and guess what like you're hurting all of those animals when you support when you buy fish when because the majority of fish comes from commercial fishing and commercial fishing hurts all that stuff and all the plastics Mm -hmm. in the ocean like it's whatever reason anybody needs whether it's their own health whether it's animals whether it's the environment like all roads lead to one place so so mm-hmm. um so yeah so it's weird but yeah i became vegan by trying to eat more meat that is fascinating that's so <laughs> ironic isn't it but i'm glad you got there in the end there's hope for us all <laughs> yeah now i'm like seven years strong feeling better than ever um, constantly getting mistaken on my age. I'm 36 now and everybody thinks I'm in my twenties. Oh, wow. Amazing. I got ID'd yesterday as well. Um, I'm 28 and it's legal to buy drink here when you're 18. And I- I've been getting ID'd like a lot recently with the mask. And then I take down the mask and they're like, oh, okay. So maybe I've got like an <laughs> old mouth, but like guys, my eyes and forehead are very youthful. Um, don't know if it's veganism, but you know, worth trying. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so it wouldn't be the party pooper podcast without me hitting some, well, not low notes, but um, <laughs> as a Canadian, only briefly seeing in the news every now and then, I was hoping that you could maybe give me the Cliff Notes version of what's happening with Brexit, what's going on, what does it mean, and how does that impact Ireland, and is it really like a super horrible thing, or like is everything... 
I don't know. I've just, I remember seeing this article about how the, um, because of like, because of the integration and then the removal of that integration, uh, there's like this weird border issue now and like with importing and exporting things. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't understand or know a whole lot either. And like everyone kind of like forgot about it. It was just happening for so long and then COVID happened and we're like, wait, Brexit's still a thing. Shut up. Like we've had enough. But like, I'm absolutely no expert, but Ireland is a bit of like, it's a very, it is a heavy issue because there are six counties, like we're divided up into 32 counties. And when we finally became a republic, like free from the UK, the the leader of the country at the time signed over, the only way to stop the violence was to sign over six counties of our northern promise of old province of Ulster to the UK and the the remaining um, 26 would be the Republic of Ireland and that guy knew when he was signing that 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 was his death sentence as well and he sure enough um, um, like wasn't treated very well after that but you have this really because the North was very heavily settled um, in colonial time by um, English um, settlers and they're all Protestants and then the the Irish Republicans are all Catholic. Like there was this, everyone kind of knows about the troubles, like these, the this time from the seventies to the nineties, where there was a lot of bombs, a lot of, um, a lot of tension between these two communities. You know, we had the loyalists loyal to the to the UK, and then there was the other people. So, the 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 Good Friday Agreement was, was signed, and then there was like at, before that there was like a border like going there would be border checks going in into the north um of ireland and they took all that away and everything not everything hasn't been like perfect like there's still kind of tensions up there and you have to be kind of you be careful and you'll know like there's still like segregated areas um especially in belfast that do need a lot of work but then brexit it's like they're do, they're sorting all of this out they're trying to get all their shit sorted for you know imports and whatever and it's like they're completely forgetting about this really sensitive area in Ireland that if you're obviously out of the EU we're going to there's going to be some kind of border kind of control thing that has to happen but to be honest um I mean there's a couple of like funny things I know that have happened like people have noticed like Toblerone's getting smaller and you know there's certain biscuits that are like where are these biscuits like they're not coming in anymore and straight after Brexit because like we're beside the UK that like our stuff usually comes like some of it comes from France and then a lot of it comes through the UK so there was like weeks delays of like certain products when Brexit first changed because like there's all these new import taxes and posts is more expensive um but what I actually love about it is for once the rest of Europe saw how dickish the government and the you like the freaking the the mind um the mindset of the people who who like rum the UK are of like well we're great because they basically promised and signed an agreement with the EU that they would do A, B and C and signed it and then it was time for them to do A, B and C and they were like no we're going to go do D, E, F and yeah. E 
you can't you can't do that like you cannot do that and we're like no we're this and everyone was like what how come england is being like this and all the irish are like they've always been like this (laughs) (laughs) i remember seeing that all the all the uh, deadlines kept not getting met and then there was all this stuff in the news about like oh well if they don't sign the thing or make the agreement by this date then like nobody knows what's going to happen and then it seemed like such a serious thing and then it never they never made the agreement or whatever and never made their deadline and it just kept going on and on and on yeah. and I'm like like how come yeah. nobody in the government is doing their job over there like what's going on I know yeah they just they're like they do their own thing and everyone but it was just kind of like funny to see everyone's shock and surprise and then all these Irish people like here look lads we were colonized by them for like 800 years like <laughs> they're not always the nicest people um obviously the country the people themselves are great it's just the way like with any country the problems usually always lie within the government um you know the higher up powers or whatever and um, I love the UK I I love um when I go over to London and all of that. But one really cool thing that has happened now for Ireland is lots of filming that was happening in the UK is now after coming over to Ireland. So the film and TV industry is booming here. Like there's loads of stuff being filmed and we've got like very beautiful landscapes that are being used. And there's a couple of studios that we have now, film studios. So even though we don't have the Hollywood weather, we're getting some of the Hollywood films. Um, the sequel to Disney or Enchanted is being filmed here at the moment. Nice. With uh, Amy Adams and Patrick Stewart and some other guy. Not oh. Patrick Stewart. Not Patrick Stewart. No, wait. Who's the guy from Grey's Anatomy? Um, I I, I'm not a oh, Grey's Anatomy yeah. fan, but Patrick Stewart what? is Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek. No, not that guy. Okay. Sir no, Patrick Stewart. I was Stewart. like, wait a second. I'm thinking, yeah, because I was like, wait, no, Patrick Stewart is a guy from X-Men. No, it'll come to me. He's some pretty American Patrick Dempsey? No. <laughs> no, it's just going to, right, we're just going to have to, you're just going to look this up. <laughs> someone someone um, is screaming into their headphones right now at us, I but know, that's okay. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm that's having okay. an absolute brain fart. I'm having a, a brain poop. So but, not, um, not everybody knows this, but um, that's really good for you because you are quite interested in um, the film industry and TV and all that stuff. Yeah, like that's my my... Uh, dad is an actor and he did not want me to get into the business but I just was doing new theatre and I loved it so much and was like wait a minute I could make a living out of this well really no like it's 90% of actors are unemployed 90% of the time and that's why he didn't want me to get into it but I was like don't care I'd rather be happy and broke so yeah I trained in theatre and film and I, I love it like when I'm working on a show or um, you know just on a stage I just absolutely love it um and then recently I just got while there's nothing happening I'm I've started working as an extra on a tv show that'll be on on Netflix called Valhalla it'll be a spin-off to Vikings I don't know if uh Vikings yeah I'm is familiar over there. we're familiar with that Cool. But yeah, I basically, because sets, are, like theatre is what I love and what I know. And I have no problem with stage and auditions for theatre. But if you audition me for film or TV, I just like, I freeze. I forget my lines. I'm like, I, oh, I don't know what's happening. And then the idea of sets and cameras and everyone like staring at you just for a stage doesn't bother me but for film it was like really intimidating so I was like you know what I'm gonna go just work on a set for a little while and just 
gain my confidence or whatever and it's actually it's been so cool so far and just not having to work in um, retail for a little while is really nice as well outdoors for the Irish summer absolutely Um, so yeah that's one positive to Brexit I guess (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Um, so I always ask everybody um, for a song uh, for the uh, for the official party pooper playlist do you have a song for us today yes i would like to suggest to my bones by wallace bird um she's a singer from a place in ireland called wexford who actually lives a lot in ireland or lives a lot in ireland lives a lot in germany i think that's where she's based most these days but this song to my bones is like to you get up and bop to this song it's it's like a, the happy song it just gets me in my chest you know if i hear something and it's just oh this when i hear it i just immediately just start so i'm even smiling now just thinking about it so i hope you guys like it as well <laughs> excellent um i chose like a uk song i guess um because i i love a lot of the old classics like whiskey in a jar um but i i just mm-hmm. i couldn't find a like it wouldn't fit with the playlist that i have so um i'm gonna go with mumford and sons roll away your stone I just, oh, nice. it just reminds me of the irish embassy and well the bar the irish embassy and <laughs> all the times that i had there often they had live music all the time um there was this band called good time charlie and they would play so many covers of so much a lot of mumford and sons at that point because it was super huge back then but um it just reminds me of irish embassy and my time there and meeting alethea and so yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, go you with guys! That. Oh, I can't wait to host you in Ireland when you come over for Paddy's Day sometime. Oh, I It'll love be it! So much fun. We're already engaged, but maybe Alicia can propose to me, anyways. Excellent! <laughs> yeah, take two. Do it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. For uh, just a reminder for everyone, uh, Cara's podcast is called Book of Leaves, and you can find her on Instagram as well. And you had your, you mentioned your Twitter as well. Yeah, Book of Leaves podcast or Book of Leaves pod. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So I do do it all. I, even, I Although I did, I've attempted to start a TikTok that failed. <laughs> Two videos, I was like, geez, this is a lot of work. I don't know how the kids are doing it. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm too old oh. for TikTok. I'm 36 <laughs> and I don't, I don't understand it. It looks cool, but I, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with Instagram. Yeah. And leave that one alone. So I mean, we'll be the golden oldies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm really excited. Thank you so much. I would love to have you back sometime because I know Alethea would love to talk about um, like all the like fairy stuff. And she's really into ghosts and superstitious things. Oh, and she yeah, was just yeah. telling me yesterday um, she was following like these Canadian ghost hunters. And she was talking about like you made me think of it because um you were saying that nobody's going to admit that maybe they believe in it, but they're going to be superstitious and do the things anyways to prevent, mm-hmm. you know, the ire of unluck and uh, the bad things from happening. And she was talking about like when you interact, when you go and interact with ghosts or supernatural beings and whatever, you're supposed to say things like you were not allowed to follow me or you're, you know, like, you're, mm. You have to say certain things or whatever. Like people believe that you have to say certain things to make sure that the spirit doesn't follow you and come home with you and stuff and whatever. And she was yeah. getting really freaked out because these guys weren't 
saying those things. They were like <gasps> being really un not cautious about it. And it was like mm-hmm. really nerve wracking. Um, and so I would love to talk sometime about uh, the correlations between like fairies and ghosts and Definitely. the Banshee story was super cool. And um, we can definitely, I'll, I'll definitely try and yeah, find I, some I've like. Got some, I've got some ghost stories to tell as well from like, not enough firsthand experience, but like friends of friends and like a job I worked on. So yeah, definitely. I'd love to talk about that stuff. Love it. Okay, excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Take care. Amazing. Thank you so much, Philip. All right. Take care. Bye.